Yes, and welcome to the proper podcast. How are we doing, people? We're glad you could join us once again. Thank you so much. This is episode three. We've got a blinding show for you today. We're going to be talking about the old Miss Tits once again. We're going to be talking about Buatzi Aziz. It's just been postponed. That's not good news, but we're also going to be talking about Catrol Linares. Now, we also had a blinding show for you the other day on Sunday. We recorded it, but we didn't fucking record it. We thought we recorded <laughs> it, but we didn't fucking record it. My fault. Anyway, we're here now. We're going to do a proper job on it now. So, I want to welcome the chaps again today. We've got Kaya. Oh, no, Kaya's not here. He's fucked off to Benidorm, any. Can you believe it? How <laughs> unprofessional is that? Do you know what I mean? We've got an absolutely mega podcast here. He's gone to Benidorm, getting pissed up. Unbelievable. Anyway, we've got John. How are we, Jono? I'm all right. Not as good as Kaya, no doubt. Do you know what? Earlier this morning, I FaceTimed in by accident. I was in the shop with my daughter. Dad, I want this, I want this, I want that. And then I'm FaceTiming Kaya. Can you imagine the contrast of our lives? He's out there in Benidorm, <laughs> peering it up with the boys. <laughs> and I'm doing the school run. So, uh yeah, I'm all right. I'll put a shift in today. Don't worry. Absolutely. Well, we will get Kyra on in a bit anyway. We're going to uh, give him a little bell and we just want his take on a couple of things. We want to see how hungover he is as well. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, Miss Tits. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I'm going to start off, Johnny B. I'm going to say that I was absolutely overcome by the build-up. I was so excited, right? The whole missed it since it's begun. It's been absolutely shocking. The build-ups have been all right, like fair play to them, but there was like there was no spice in it for a like a hardcore boxing fan, do you know what I mean? Anyway, I don't know how they did it, but this time I was like, fucking hell, I am pumped for this. And you got John Fury bashing the old screens. You got like them having war of words. You got Dillian Dennis whacking Paul with a mic. Oh, mate, I was all over it. I was so excited. And then it does what Miss Tits does best. The main event's fucking pony. Absolute dog shit. However, I want to say to you, John, what did you think of it, right? Was you as excited as me? I think I know you were because we were texting each other about it. But at the event as a whole, what are you saying? Yeah, well, look, first and foremost... Never been a fan of misfits. I always thought it was going to be a bit of a problem when they come into the market, okay? I just thought the money from certain broadcasters and, you know, the amount of time that promoters uh, uh, can spend on fighters and promoting fighters, it's just going to go over to the misfits because that's where the money is and that's where the numbers are. Um, But this one, I just felt that they put so much money and there was so many sort of players involved. I thought the promotion was really well. I thought Dylan Dennis, as I say, I knew he was a sparring partner for Conor McGregor back in the day. I felt like um, he played the ultimate villain. He made everybody hate him. He's doing all the trolling to like Logan Paul about his wife and whatnot. Logan Paul didn't really do much. Um, KSI, love him or hate him. I wanted the guy to get knocked out. I'm thinking, surely the guy can't fight. So surely he's going to get in the ring with Tommy Fury and Tommy Fury's just going to do a one-two straight down the middle. He's going to knock him out. He's just going to time him on the way in. But as you say, watching it all unfold, it just it made me realise the promotion was great. And like, let's be real. Like, if there was a decent boxing fight on Saturday night, I would have watched that. But there ain't. We ain't getting served up great fights, 50-50 fights, UK primetime. You know, this is why this Misfits has filled a little void. So yeah, I'll put it on. And... Um, but it just showed us what, what uh, the levels there are in boxing. It was useless. It was rubbish. And the funny thing about it is Tommy Fury has finally found his level. If he's going yeah. to points with Jake Paul and now he's going to points with KSI, 
How he couldn't figure out KSI is beyond me. The guy's standing there doing star jumps on the other side of the ring, and then he's either lunging in or backing off. So I'm thinking, can you not time him when he's on the way in? Just take a, He never took a step back and threw an uppercut or anything. He just kept meeting him head on, cuddling. That was boring. As I say, the KSI, uh, the Logan Paul fight was boring as well. But it's just, I was watching it. I was saying to my missus, I was like, as a spectacle, they're doing something right here. They've got all these like packed out MEN arena, like all those sort of young, new potential boxing fans that gave them all lights on their seats. Like what was coming through the screen? This looks amazing. Then I watched Dean the Great or something against someone called um, Khalid. The shark. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking shark. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, I thought, there's a good little fight. There's a decent standard there. I'm thinking, if they sprinkled this with a few actual real fighters, people that could fight, I think they could be onto something here. But lo and behold, we got served up that as the, the main event. So, yeah, poor, poor. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking exactly the same thing about Tommy Fury. I was thinking, how are you not timing this? He's doing the same thing every fucking time. You've been training with your brother. Like, like his brother's going to time that, any? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not saying he's anywhere near his brother's level, but I'm saying he's been training with his brother all his life. They've been boxing-orientated family all their lives and um, I just couldn't work out how he couldn't figure it out. I've never stepped in a ring in my life, but I was thinking, well, I'd just fucking move out of the way of that and give him an uppercut. Do you know what I mean? That was that was all it needed. Every time he'd done the same thing every time, KSI. Yeah. Anyway, in a way, it's a good thing that KSI has been humbled because all of them were getting too far ahead of themselves. But has he? But has he? Proper? This is the thing. Well, okay, yeah. They haven't all been humbled. I'll take that back because you've got like Dean the fucking, whatever his name is, Dean, Dean the Great. He's uh, he's won his fight by an absolute hair fucking fracture and he's calling out Tank Davis. It's like, shut up, you twonk. This is, this is fucking circus, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. I love boxing, right? And I, I want to watch... Quality fights, 50-50 fights, big-time boxing. And I want to hopefully watch it UK primetime. But because of the state of boxing, because the best don't want to fight the best, because there's too many promoters, there's too many broadcasters, we're constantly getting served a load of shit, basically, week in, week out. And every now and then, like, there's a big fight. But on the whole, how many times do you look at a fight and you look at the fight card and, like, if you go if you go and put a bet on it, which I do... Like they're all odds on. Yeah. Like the, the the bookies are never wrong. They're all odds on, and it just shows you like you you're always seventy thirties, eighty twenties. You hardly get in like real fifty fifties. People are avoiding people. Too many belts. So boxing as a whole has created this void for misfits to slip into. And you know we can go on to it in a bit, I suppose. Like where is boxing, and what do we need to do with boxing? But um, yeah, I don't know. All in all, it was a shit show. But the promotion was unbelievable. Oh. And Compare that to the promotion that we're getting a certain fights at the moment. It's night and day. It's night and day. Ah, he's joined us. Here he is. Look at this. Kaya, welcome. How are we doing? Kaya, you're both on fucking fire today, ain't you? <laughs> well, we're, we ain't had our head stuck in Sticky Vicky's Minge all night like you. <laughs> I wish. For anyone listening on the pod who don't know Sticky Vicky, she's a bit of a legend in Benidorm. She goes on stage and she basically shoots out a load of objects out of her front bottom. And her daughter has taken over from her. She's gone into the fucking family business, can you believe? Anyway, so Kaya, listen... We've been talking about Miss Tits. We won't bang on about it much more, but I do want to get your thoughts right. Don't you think that there needs to be a little bit or a lot of what they're doing over at Miss Tits sprinkled into regular boxing in terms of promotion? Okay. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I'm just going to go into one before I get your thoughts right. But look, Buatzi and Aziz has just been pulled. They're saying it's because Aziz has got a back injury. I'm just going to say it right here and now. Bollocks. 
Baholics, right? You're all liars, bruv. Liars and ting. Come on, don't bullshit bullshitters. We all know how to lie. And you got Eddie Earn saying a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago, oh, I've heard that the fight's going to be off. And then lo and yeah. behold, a day before his training finishes, it is off. It's like, come on. We know you, you just couldn't sell any tickets. That's what it was. And that's all right. But the reason they couldn't sell any tickets is because the build-up was pants, total yeah. pants, right? There was a little bit of needle, but it was nothing. Like the press conference, it's like, oh, yeah, no, he's not a good fighter. He's not a good jab. I love the colour of his socks. He looks great <laughs> in them shorts. It's like, no, no, give each other some shit. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's not asking much, in my opinion. And clearly, they didn't do enough to sell tickets. There was no buzz, like the back and forths on Mystics, right? That may have been a bit OTT, but don't you think these boxers, right? In my opinion, they need, they need to be entertainers outside of the ring. They yeah. need to be actors. I don't care if you're a placid character. Give your opponent shit. Cause mm. a stir. If I'm a manager, I'm saying to my fighters, we need to go in there and get some hype around this fight. We need you to go in there and absolutely tear your opponent a new one because that's how you're going to get people watching. And that's how you're going to make a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Look at Mayweather. Look at Tyson. Look at Muhammad Ali. That's the blueprint. And I know everyone can't be like that, but they can do it to some extent. So, fucking hell, I'll let you speak now. But <laughs> that, was a, that was too much for my brain to digest all of that. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> no, listen, mate. Again, I can't disagree with any of that. Like, if I'm an upcoming promoter now trying to get into the game, I, I, I don't take fighters on if they can't sell a fight. If I go to all these gyms and... Now, most of them come out of sort of the, you know, highly ranked amateurs that come out of the Olympic cycle and stuff like that, and they go with the big promoters. But if I'm a small promoter... I want that. I'm going to sit someone down and stick a camera in their face. What you like in front of the camera, you know, what's your social media profiles look like? That is really, really important. And if you, if they go, well, you know, I don't really do socials. I'm not signing you. Cause what am I fucking putting my money up for? Yeah. Look, if the thing is, is that we've seen Showtime and HBO leave. So now PBC don't have a broadcaster. What are they going to do? Now, you look at Ben Shalom and you look at Boxer, Sky Sports, the broadcaster, they're only going to keep supporting Ben Shalom if he does numbers. But as you say, Kaya, he's picking fighters like a Coley. Like, what happened to a Coley? The face of, you know, face of Sky Sports. Yeah. Like, that's a bad decision. Like, we all knew as, as hardcores, he don't do numbers. Mm. Like, React Poor, uh, Buatsi, like, even Azim. Like, you could go on. Like, a few of their roster, I don't know, they don't do numbers. They're not big personalities. So you've got to look at Ben Shalom and go, you're boring, mate. You ain't got a massive personality. So how are you going to galvanise the public to be interested in all these fighters that you've got when they're quite, they, they haven't got big personalities and you're quite boring? Like, if I'm a uh, CEO or whatever, Sky Sports, I'm going to be like, do you know what? Someone's fucked up here because we ain't doing numbers yeah, here. Yeah. Someone's fucked you up. You know why? I'll tell you what the problem is. Adam Smith's gone. They've never replaced the Adam Smith role, have they? Do you know what I mean? I don't think this would be a sinking mm. ship. No. I, I'm not saying it is a completely sinking ship. Like they, 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 they have done some good things. Like Eubank Smith, both them fights were great. The build-ups were both great. But again, that's the personalities. Like that, That's what you need. However, the rest of it is a little bit flat. And I don't think it would have been under Adam Smith's watch. They've never replaced him, have they? Yeah. I think that where Boxer just started out, they signed too many fighters on free fight deals with the same rule, which was two easy fights before a big fight. Then you've got, like, as you say, Liam Smith, free fight deal, two easy fights, hard fight, um, React Poor, Buatzi, um, Akoli. They had the same system for all of them. So I think the fans just got fed up. And then you're looking at Buatzi, who had a shot at Bivol through Matram. He's gone and left Matram to go to Sky Sports. Everyone could see it. Two easy fights before 
go in and fight Bivols. People maybe just like, oh, we wait for the Bivol fight. Yeah, they've got to force these fights, haven't they? The, the governing bodies, the, uh, not the governing bodies, the sanctioning bodies, they've all got to start forcing these fights, the WBA, IBF, WBC, and, you know, they've got to start making these fights happen or, you know, just stick it on these fights or you lose your ranking. You get dropped out of the rankings and then your next fight is worth a fraction of what it would have been if you would have taken a risk. Too many fighters are not taking risks. Yeah. As you say, John, they're, they're, not, they're playing out their contracts. They're having these two easy fights on the third one. They might roll the dice. A bit like they did with Conor Ben, like feeding him, feeding Conor Ben, Chris Van fucking here, and then Chris Algieri and all this type of stuff. It's just, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Where's the real fight? But the difference is there, Kaya. The difference is there is Conor Ben is doing numbers to fight Algieri. And the difference is, is that Sky have signed these fighters. They're giving them big signing, like signing on deals. They're paying them loads of money for easy fights. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the fans are like, well, I don't really think I'm going to watch that one. I don't think Sky Sports are going to make that mistake again. So I'll be interested to see, yeah, if Ben don't deliver on these... On these they had to though, John. Sky had to. They had to roll the dice. They had to overpay because Eddie left. He took all the fucking fighters with him. So Ben Shalon come along and they're thinking, right, okay, who can we poach from there, here, there and everywhere? They had to overpay for Lawrence Acoli. Obviously, it's backfired because he's lost. They've overpaid on the wrong fighters. Yeah, yeah on the wrong fighters, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. Boatsy is a brilliant fighter. Offensively, he's brilliant. Defensively, I don't know. You know, I've seen his chin checked a couple of times. So there's question marks there. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, characters and trying to... I mean, this is why Derek Chisora still demands high, high uh, purses when he fights. This is why he can still pack out arenas because Derek Chisora gets it. He's lost 14 times or whatever he's lost in, in his career, but you'll still get the food in, get the beers in and watch Derek Chisora fight because he's entertaining. The whole build-up's always entertaining. Sell a so fight. he gets it. And I think this is... this is, Exactly. I just don't think it's all Sky Sports to blame. I, I just think the fighters need to get some life in them, man. Like, you've got... Like, I mentioned Buatzi Aziz. He's been called off because his, the promotion was dead. On the other hand, you've got Wardley and Adelaide. Yeah. I'm in, mate. I'm all in on that one. Exactly. Like, see the press conference for that. I mean, it's phenomenal, man. We are all in on that. Do you know what I mean? How exciting is that? And Adelaide, he hasn't been that outspoken for most of his career. He but gets it. The penny's dropped. He's, he knows, like, yeah, he gets it now. He thinks, right, well, I want to make some money out of this game. I know you're not supposed to fucking knock him out when, uh, or get your mate to knock him out when you're doing an interview. But still, it's exciting, man, what they've created around that. The buzz around that is brilliant. And uh, yeah. And yeah, and it all come from having a voice, having a voice and stirring a bit of shit. That's what you got to do, man. I know it's, I know you're dangerously going into the realms of misfits, but it will be exciting. And they deliver on the night. They deliver on the night, whereas the misfits don't. So ultimately, like in speaking here, it's just obvious, isn't it? You've got to look at Ben Shalom. Like you've, t- you've signed too many similar fighters. Do you know what I mean? When you look at it, like Reactpour, Buatsi, Akoli. Azim, like they're, they're all so similar, and like you're you're putting all your chips in the table for these guys. Do you say you needed an Adelaide? You need to sprinkle it with these other fighters that have got these bigger personalities that are willing to yeah have a little push in the shove, and that's what it comes down to ultimately. It's Ben Shalom. Yeah. Yeah, going back to before, like George Groves and Carl Frosch, those press conferences were brilliant. Oh, hey, Ben, you David Hay was the man who got it really, didn't he? He, he maximised the most out of his career. Essentially, he's a cruiserweight. He shouldn't have even really gone up to heavyweight, but he knew the money was there, followed Klitschko around, you know, and uh, got that fight. I think he got 10 million for that fight, 5 million, 10 million, whatever it was. But he he created his own legacy like that. He created his own purse by just following people around and hassling them like David Adelaide did. Turned up at that press conference, 
Uh, Fabio Wardley standing there dropping his bottle of water on the floor and all that. He's going, don't drop your water, man. You're getting all nervous, man. You're getting all nervous. I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant. And he's done that off his own back. David Hay was the one, man. You've just hit the nail on the head. David Hay was the one. He'd done that press conference with uh, Hay Bellew and uh, he gave everyone shit. He gave Eddie shit. He gave the promotion shit. He gave mm. Bellew shit. And he come out yeah. and he rung Eddie and he went, how good was that? Oh, mate. All an act, wasn't it? But how fucking pumped were we for that fight? I mean, that was, if I had to put my top five fights over that sort of era, 2010 to 2020, that is number one for me by a landslide. I thought that beat Frotch Groves. Oh, it was quite Yeah, it did. Oh, horror, David. Oh, Horror Davis was on the undercard, I remember. Yeah, Derry Matthews, yeah? Yes, he called, he called all the scouts, like seven pound an hour cunts or something like that. I remember him saying that. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Now. Do you know what? It comes full circle to what I was saying at the beginning about these fighters, like what are the managers doing? Like who are their advisors? Who is their mouthpiece? Then you look at Chisora, you just mentioned Kaya. What did Chisora do? He backed himself and he went and gave 10% of his money to David Hay. And he got David Hay involved because yeah. he knew. Well, well, the the, um, the benefit of having someone like David A in your corner. So yeah, good point. if you don't have the personality, because that's just the way you are, then there's no excuse for not hiring a Sam Jones yeah. or a David Hay. Say, look, I'm going to give you 10%. I need you to be my mouthpiece. I need you to be all with me, press conferences, up in the grill with the uh, other opponents and the other team and stuff like that. So there's no excuses. There's no excuses. John even changed his name from Del Boy. That was his nickname. It almost rebranded him yeah. as, a, as a package. Uh, you know, as a marketing tool, they just rebranded him completely, changed it from Del Boy to War Chisora. Yeah. How fucking yeah. clever is that? And proper, you're saying, like, are they geniuses at Misfits? No, because look at us. I'm fucking, like, I'm just a cab driver, guy sitting there and fucking, you know, we're, we're saying it, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's true. Sitting in Benidorm after me fucking four euro breakfast having a San Miguel, <laughs> not a fucking marketing genius. It's fucking obvious, though, isn't it? It's like, pull your fucking thumbs out. And Boatsy, hasn't he, hasn't he just lost his nickname? It was just business. Now it ain't fucking anything. It's just Josh Boatsy. Come on, man. It's none your business now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be harsh to Ben. Like, he's probably a lovely guy, right? But like, when you've got Boatsy, who's very quiet and respectful, and then you've got Ben, who's quite quiet mm. and monotoned and respectful... It's not getting you hyped up, is it? It's not putting blood in your helmet, is it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking hell, like, yeah. You need, you need it. You need, you need an Eddie Hearn standing next to you, or you, you need Sam Jones, man. Put Sam Jones in Adam in uh, Ben Shalom's position. Sky will go through the fucking roof. Then I tell you, he might, he might do some shit, but he'd be brilliant. Man. Yeah, he's good, Sam. Sam's brilliant. Okay, so. We're not getting Buatsi Aziz, but we are getting Catrell Linares. So, Johnny B, start with you. Give me your thoughts on the fight. Um, Adam Catrell, he's what, he's 30 years of age. Adam Catrell. His name's Jack Catrell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. I was thinking, hold on a minute. Good job you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Thing is, though. He's more interesting than Jack. Jack's a good fighter. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, mate. How long does uh, Adam Catterall last with Linares? Do you know when he gets through the first round? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, fuck knows. Anyway, right. Jack Jack Catterall. So, obviously, uh, Jack Catterall, yeah, he should be the undisputed champion. Everyone feels sorry for him. He's not. 
Uh, then he got fucked around by Josh Taylor. They should have had a rematch, but he didn't. So he's been out of the ring for, well, he fought Foley, beat him unanimously on points. Um, it's a good victory, I thought. He's a decent fighter, that Foley. Um, but yeah, he'd been out of the ring for, what, 18 months before that. Linares, he's lost eight times, been stopped six times. He's 38. How many times are they going to keep wheeling him out? But he will do numbers over here because he's beat, you know, Anthony Crawler, Campbell, and uh, obviously Kevin Mitchell. So um, it'd be a good fight. Like, I like um, Linares. I think he's a brilliant fighter. He does everything really well. Can switch it. Beautiful fighter. Just, just the, way, the, the technique that he has, the way he throws his punches. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Catterall's a southpaw, so you know we say about southpaw of southpaws, they should be burned at the stake. But uh, so he's going to pose problems for Linares. He's like orthodox, but um, I think Catterall does he have the power and his punches to stop Linares? It's at one forty. Linares campaigning down at one thirty five. Um, I don't think he does. I think it goes to points, which I don't know. I mean, I throw it over to you guys, but would you say that that's a bad performance from, from Catterall for not stopping Linares, who's 38, he's lost eight times, been stopped six times. Or do you think if he can win the fight convincingly on points, that's enough? Because if Catterall wins, the zone, obviously they've got Conor Ben, Devin Haney, Regis Prograde, that fight's on, so he could potentially fight one of them. I think that Eddie Earn's going to try and get Josh Taylor over to the zone because all these fights are there. They're all there. 140, and they can mess around with catch weights as well if they want. But... um yeah, I think Catterall and points. Got it? Yeah. I mean, look, I feel bad for him. I think the whole world feels bad for Jack Catterall. He should be sitting on, uh, you know, a seven-figure payday now. You know, that's what this next fight should be. Or, you know, at least, you know, defending one of these four belts that he won off Josh Taylor. I still can't get over that fight, really. I was horrified. It's a horrifying fucking situation. It was a one of the biggest robberies I've seen in, in recent years um, in the sport, in the sport we all love. And I hope he gets this, you know, with Jack Catterall, did he get to become a world champion? I don't know, because I think there's some real dangerous fighters at 140. Um, I just hope he gets to make the money, that, you know, that that performance deserved. I think, you know, if anyone deserves to retire financially, sound it's Jack Catterall. I think it's an okay fight, the Linares fight. I think it's okay. I think, you know, you, you're going through who he could have potentially fought and who not. And I think, um, I think Linares is not a bad fight. I think it's a good yardstick to see. Is it a good yardstick to see where he is? I mean, he's already beaten Josh Taylor. Answer to your question, John, I think he needs to stop him, stop him in convincing fashion. I don't think, uh, you know, a boring points decision is going to do anything for him because, you know, it's everything we discussed earlier on. If you're not going to sell the ass out of a fight like an O'Hara Davis, that's a good fight by the way, for Jack Catchell, that, that rematch is waiting for him uh, at 140 pounds. I know O'Hara is uh, ranked quite hard, highly with a WBA, but if you're not going to become a mouthpiece and sell the fights, you need to become a knockout artist like like Golovkin or like, you know, Lomachenko's skills when he first burst onto the scenes. You know, he wasn't massively into selling the fights and I think Jack Catchell needs a big highlight reel knockout and then get on the mic and, you know, hopefully try and call someone out but again, it's another fight that's just gone under the radar. Hasn't really been promoted well. And um... But it just goes back to the whole, are you excited to watch the fight? Do you care whether Catterall wins or loses? Do you care whether he no, knocks out no. uh, Linares? Couldn't give a monkey's toss, mate. Couldn't give a monkey's toss. No. How about you, Popbar? Do you care? No, I don't care, really. Um, I want to see him 
in there with Josh Taylor. Um, and I definitely want to see him with O'Hara Davis again. O'Hara's had a good little comeback, really. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that fight one day. This one, it's okay. I mean, Linares, a few fights ago, when he fought Devin Haney, he looked all right. And then he's gone on that losing streak. He actually um, he left Salas, his trainer, um, after the Haney fight, I think. And, um, and since then, it's all gone to shit. But he's gone back to Salas for this fight. So that might be interesting. Right. However, yeah, I, I'd expect Cattrall to... Um, I don't know if Cattrall will knock him out because he's not the biggest knockout puncher, Cattrall. But um, I can see him outskilling him, outboxing him. But yeah, that, that's the other thing. You sort of look at the fight and you think, well, I don't know if I'm going to see any explosive knockouts in this fight. Yeah. But yeah, I just see Cattrall outboxing him. But this is the thing. Remember when Haney fought Linares... There was talk that, you know, Haney, you're too boring, you're too defensive, defensive, pot shotting on the outside. And then Devin Haney got rocked against Linares, didn't he? And he walked him back to the corner. And I believe, a lot of people believe, that was because Devin Haney, he was trying to push the action and he was trying to fight in a different way to maybe be a bit more entertaining for the fans. But then he nearly come a cropper through doing that. So I wonder, will that jeopardy face Catterall, yeah. will he maybe think, do you know what? If I'm going to push for the Conor Ben fight, if I'm going to push for Regis Progray, Haney, if I want any of these guys to take me serious, if I want Josh Taylor back to me, maybe I need to push this. You know, instead of like being a little bit defensive-minded, maybe he might push it and then could get clipped. So that, there is a bit of jeopardy in it to see how he, how he fights. Does he want to impress the fans to push for a, a bigger fight? Because I think he needs to. Yeah, I think he does need to as well. Because again, it's for his... His profile. And don't forget Linares, man, not long ago. Put Lomachenko on his ass as well. I know Lomachenko had gone up several weights, but... But that's what I mean. Linares, he, he had he had a real fall from grace there. He lost three on the bounce. Because he's got such a fan-friendly style. And, um, you know, in his in his pomp, in his peak, he was one of my favourite fighters, Jorge yeah. Linares. The Jorge, Jorge Linares that beat Kevin Mitchell. Brilliant, exciting, you know, switch hits, just, you know, can, can be knocked out. Also, you know... He can knock you out, but he's also susceptible to receiving a shot himself. He can be knocked out, as you said, six stoppage losses himself. So, exciting fight. Jack Catchell's got to bring it. If he doesn't, he could definitely lose this fight. He could definitely lose it, but I don't expect he will. I think there's too much on the line for him. And I think you make a very good point there about Josh Taylor. I think he's, he's circling around without... I think I don't know what's happening with his deal with top rank. That must be coming to an end now. So, I feel... Don't be surprised if, um, yeah, if the DAZN money, you know, comes calling and Josh Taylor signs up with with Matrim and then that fight's there. And then the 140 pound division is really locked down by Eddie Hearn and Matrim because the Haney Progray fight is is sensational. I can't wait for that. Really, really can't wait. I ain't, I ain't seen the press conference yet, but um, I can't wait for that fight. Would you rather though? And respect to Devin Haney as well, you know. Sorry, would you rather see Catrell with the winner of Progray Haney? Or Catrell with Josh Taylor next? Taylor. Yeah. So much bad blood. That press conference is going to be fucking electric, mate. Yeah. Absolutely electric. Great if there was a belt on the line. Taylor needs to correct that, don't he? He needs to, he needs to write that wrong. Do you know what I mean? Does he, though? Yeah, he does. Sometimes in life you come across a style that you just can't figure out. And I don't know if Josh Taylor has got the game. I mean, you saw his, his performance against Tiafimo Lopez. He clearly lost the fight. And Lopez is a lot more easy to hit than Jack Cashel. Jack Cashel is very slick, southpaw, very difficult to pin down. I don't know if Josh Taylor wants any of those apples. 
I'm being honest with you. I'm not saying he'll definitely win, Josh Taylor. I'm saying that he still needs to get in there with him because he'll have that hanging over his head for for the rest of his career, won't he? People will say, well, you lost to Josh Taylor, even though you what you got it on paper, a win, but you lost, man. Yeah, maybe, but... It comes down to character and personality again, and Josh Taylor gets it. Mm. A lot of people want to He's see him brilliant. lose. And like even like before all the stuff with Catwell and that, he didn't care about making friends in the boxing world. Whoever he was fighting, you see all the stuff with Hara Davis. But it was like that with everyone, really. But the guy gets it. So when Kaya's saying who he prefers, Taylor Catterall over Pro Gray and Haney, that's why, isn't it? And that's what we need. So it's just, do you want to see technical fight? It's all about boxing with guys that, you know, they haven't got no character. Or do you want to see a fight where the two guys, they can box, but there's bundles of character and there's bundles of spice in it. And at the moment, the dial is too far the other way. Too many fighters without a personality fighting, basically. And, uh, yeah, just go back to it. That's what we need more of. We really do. So be interesting to say quickly what happens with the PBC. Because if there's rumours that the PBC are going to join up with the zone, the zone can some, I mean... What's going to happen with all those fighters? Because what's happened with the PBC? They've got fighters earning a lot of money for taking easy fights. And that's the truth of it. And I'm all for backing the fighters. They're risking their lives for our entertainment. But too many fighters in the witness witness protection program for the PBC picking up big paychecks for fighting nobody. And I think that the broadcasters over there are like, we ain't paying for this no more because people are wising up to it. So my fingers are crossed, man. Like I would love... More fighters all under the one umbrella and just somehow these fights have to happen. If you can get PBC, Golden Boy and Matram all under the zone and then there's easier communication where they all have to fight and like their money trickles down from one place above them, which is the zone. So they're gonna, it's going to be in their interest to make them all fight each other. That would be my, if I was king for the day, that, that's what I would hope happens, basically. It would be a travesty for boxing fans if they go to Amazon. I think it'll be a travesty because you, you're keeping that separation. Whereas if they go with the zone, the amount of great fights that they can make, like it would be brilliant. But yeah, I, you could just see it, can't you? Just see Al Heyman going, I'm not partnering up with Eddie. No way. So I'm going to be my own entity. I'm going to go over to Amazon. So then, final predictions. Catrol Linares, Johnny B, go. Catcherall on points. Kaya? Catcherall, late stoppage. Yep, I've got Catcherall on points. And just before we go, Conor McGregor versus Alvarez. Oh, fucking hell. What, in the cage? Who wins? <laughs> in the no, ring. boxing. He said he looks like a cornflake. Do you know what I would... <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> That's a little uh, way. That's it. I tell you what, it takes it, it takes it back though, doesn't it? To what we just banged on about. Conor McGregor, man, he's a fucking genius. He's genius. brilliant, man. He will always be great. Gets it. Yeah. Do you know what I would like though? Is is for, if if Canelo did fight Conor McGregor and take my money right now because I would pay for it. So I would be entertained. But you know, I would hope, and I think Canelo's the type of guy that would do it. Just get in the ring. None of that fucking Mayweather carrying him for seven rounds before you take him out there. Get in there from the first second of the first round is completely annihilating yeah. McGregor. I go, this is how we do boxing. He fucking would as well. I mean, McGregor would have to get up, get back on the roids to fucking make the weight, wouldn't he? Kaya, would listen to this one, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I'm about to talk down your countryman, yeah. Would Conor McGregor put in a better, a better performance than Yildirim? Oh, fuck Yildirim, mate. <laughs> fucking hell. 
Fuck Yildirim, mate. He's an embarrassment. I think I bought kebab off a fucking Yildirim here last night. I think that was you served me up the kebab. He's fucking useless, mate. He's absolutely useless. Oh, yeah, he's dear, embarrassing. Mate. He really is terrible. Oh, I just want to be entertained, boys. That's all it is. Entertain me. Take my money. That was Claire last night through uh, Sticky Vicky. <laughs> Well then, there we are. Thank you for everyone tuning in. I hope it's fucking recorded this time, I'll tell you that. But um, yeah, um, it's been a pleasure, chaps. So um, thank you very much. And uh, we shall see you all on the uh, on the next one. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm gonna, I, t- if, uh, I don't know if he is. I doubt he fucking is. But Sam Jones, if you are listening to this, we fucking want you on this podcast big time. Yeah, man. We love you, man. Oh, Governor. Governor Sam Jones. Yeah. Absolute governor. Let that man know that we want him. Right-o. Thank you, chaps. Thank you, everyone listening. We'll see you soon. Bosh. <laughs>